Alright, hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Robots in Disguise podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I want me Shannix. I'm David. Me lucky Shannix. Right, so today we are looking at, we are continuing our journey through Robots in Disguise and looking at episode number 54. It's the Out of the Shadows. It's the ninth episode of season three. The Out of Their uh, Shells tour. <laughs> uh, first aired June 17th, 2017. Uh, written by frequent episode writer uh, Brian Holfeld. Although this is his only rescue, this is only Robots in Disguise episode. He wrote like... Uh, 14 episodes of Rescue Bots. Huh. That's nice, because it doesn't really feel... Like, remember how there were those Rescue Bots episodes that were written by the same people who worked on Bot Bots? And I was like, yeah, that absolutely tracks. Yes. Hmm. This doesn't have any Rescue Bots vibes at all, so that's cool. No. no. We we recently... or I guess back when we were talking about the last season of Rescue Bots, he did the, uh, the he co-wrote the musical episode. Uh, <laughs> he wrote the mind switching episode, and he wrote too many Cades. Oh, that's cool. Well, the beginning of this episode feels like a Rescue Bots episode, maybe. Eh, it does have kind of a the very beginning does have that kind of like character setup kind yeah. of. Mm-hmm. Which is a thing I thought was going to happen throughout the entire episode, but didn't, but we'll get there. But, like, uh, the thing that probably happens all the time, we just don't notice because we're going through so many episodes, that the, the air date and our recording date basically line up. Oh, yeah. Ooh. This was six years ago. Oh, good lord. That's not... We're getting closer and closer. That's not too bad. It's no. when it's, like, I don't know, eight years ago, and I'm, like, I am hurtling quickly <laughs> to the end. Oh, you mean eight years ago when we started this podcast? Oh, God. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah, our podcast is older than this episode. Oh, God. I'm gonna go die now. Uh, so, you know, Russell, you know, he's waiting around. He wants... He's waiting for uh, waiting for the, the afternoon monster movie to start. I will note that Denny Clay is once again a man after my own heart because they are watching this news report on an old CRT television. Well, of course. Uh, I guess he must have gotten one of those digital signal converters that they were giving away back when there was the whole analog to digital transition. And Mm. for a moment, I was like, oh, yeah, those existed. I should see if I can get a cheap one somewhere to hook up my old CRT TVs and then I remembered that where I live you can literally not pick up a single TV broadcast signal so yeah. <laughs> that would not actually do me any I, good oh, I wonder if, I can't remember if we could get them here I will go Probably back to anymore. just using it to watch like VHS episodes of GoBots <laughs> like how my boss a couple weeks ago was saying something about v- VHS and like one of the other people there had said something about the last movie he remembered watching on VHS. He was like, Jen, you remember the last thing you watched on VHS? I was like, yeah, it was an episode of GoBots, and it was like two weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you do know me, right? So, props to Denny. So, scientists have found something unusual in the Antarctic, which is never a good thing. 
No, well, that's not where you want to find unusual things. It, it, it's though some of you might find literally the thing. Yes. <laughs> or uh, or whatever was going on in Alien versus Predator. <laughs> or uh, at the Mountains of Madness. At the Mountains of Madness. Oh man, that was a good story. Nothing good comes out of Antarctica. Oh. That was a good story and only sort of vaguely thematically racist. <laughs> Not like what, it, directly racist. It was it was only vaguely thematically relace, racist in that like it, at the end the, the narrator uh, sympathizes with the aliens that um, enslaved a race of slime people that they created. <laughs> also, so he, he was sympathizing with the oppressors. Yes. Other also, than that, just it's not a racist story. Not very many, not enough characters, and a limited enough cast to not have yeah, them encounter dies. any terrifying, swarthy people. Yeah. <laughs> any Italians. Oh, Lovecraft. So, so, anyway. so it turns out that they have found some strange alien artifacts in the Antarctic, and pretty quickly they figure out that they are indeed the uh, the uh, Cybertronian coins Shanix that at were... at first they're described as golden discs, which yes. has certain connotations in Transformers. Yeah. Also, these oh, aren't really discs. No. Well, presumably no. in the script stage they were still thinking coins, and these are sort of more... It's the kind of octagons with holes punched in them. Well, the, I mean, they're, they're disc-like enough, but yes, I, I was excited for a moment, and... Then I, or, yeah, may, that might have been intentional to say golden disc. It could have been. Bait and switch. But yeah, it turns out Crustaceacon, actually, there were money he was looking for, and the humans found it. And, yes. Oh, no. That, that could be a problem. It, it's weird that like the, the Autobots want to get the coins, because Decepticons might see the news broadcast, I guess, and well, no, rob a he, bank, which is a museum. He said that Bumblebee says that he doesn't want the humans to realize that they're Cybertronian because then they'll know that there are Cybertronians back on Earth. And the way he oh, says it is very right. much yeah, like they knew at least some and some of them did know the the human American government knew that the Transformers <laughs> yes. were here. But they I mean, I guess they're hiding from Agent Fowler. So mm. <laughs> they don't want Agent Fowler to realize that they're there. So Bumble yeah, it's, owes it's him not fifty that, bucks and he does not want to pay up. Yeah. So it's it's not that they're concerned about Decepticons with them at this point. They just don't want he Bumblebee says he doesn't want the humans to who know about Cybertronians to connect the dots and realize that they're still operating on Earth. Hmm. So that's nicely nuanced. Uh -huh. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, strong arm hears this. She's got to go off and tell everybody because, of course, they're being sent to the Crown City Museum. Hmm. Of course. It's but the most course, natural place. But, of course, Fix-It is busy with more terrifying combiner experiments. Sideswipe is yes. so concerned. <laughs> Mad science. Uh, Grimlock's very enthusiastic about this. Sideswipe is extremely not enthusiastic about it. No. And, and then he throws the switch, and then... Kill us. So Please kill us. There. They're sitting there, for one thing, Sideswipe's in robot mode, Grimlock's in dino mode, and they're sitting there with, like, 
wires connected to their heads and Mm -hmm. fix it just like gleefully toddling about and yes sideswipe is just not not interested in this but grimlock is like yeah let's do this I was expecting, like, a, a mind swap episode, because uh, we have hit the point where I definitely did not see this episode when it originally aired. Oh, uh, no. Instead, we end up with a... a but, uh... Put a pin in the mind swap episode. Yeah, well, Uh-oh. yeah, we haven't done it yet. It's, we're gonna get it. Oh, it's coming, baby. <laughs> but the end result is a freaking Pokemon. It's a Draco Zolt. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, these were a sword and it, it, shield thing. It's a horrifying dino centaur. Yeah. Were, so with with uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield, uh, they were based on England, basically. Yes. Uh, each Pokemon game is, takes place in a different region that's sort of vaguely inspired by a real-world area. And one of the things that England was known for was very, very questionable fossil combinations. Archaeology. Yes, yes, archaeology. So the, the like, I think there was like four fossil Pokemon in this game that came out, and, and they were combinations of two different parts, and they were all wrong. Well, some of them were right, but most of them no, were wrong. No, they weren't. Well, you could game, put the correct front with the correct back and have... But you couldn't get a Pokemon out of that. Really? No, not not a thing that would look like a proper dinosaur with the front and back. All four of them were fucked up. Well, no, because you posted the chart of the different combinations. So there are four no, front yeah, ends and four back no, ends. There's a chart. People had people had elaborated what they should look oh. like. There are only four in the game. Okay, because I did some of these. I did play a lot of Sword, but... I was honestly more interested in just getting lots of Dreepies and having an army of Dreepies because Dreepie is the best. And then I found out that Endgame min-maxers really liked Dragapult. And I was like, "Mm, not interested anymore. Yeah. Look at the chart I posted before. Mm -hmm. It's four by four. The four Pokemon that don't have names listed, those are the ones in the game. Okay. So, and they're yeah, all fucked up. It's it's Dragovolt. It's it, yes, it's, it's not great. It's not a good way to be. It's a skinny little well the, the Pokemon is a skinny little raptor on top and a fat ass dinosaur from the waist down. It's a thing, like a weird centaur and that's basically what uh, sideswipe It's a thing Grimlock that wants like. to die. And, yes. and sideswipe definitely wants to die. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile Grimlock cannot see. I don't want to know where his eyes are right now. Mm, no, it's that's not good. Also, I really like that they cut to the credits when Fixit presses the button and there's like a puff of smoke and then we cut to the credits and then we come back to Sideswipe having become this and Grimlock having become this terrible yeah. body horror creature. <laughs> Grimlock has no eyes and he must scream <laughs> yes. somehow. He has no mouth either that we could see. Well, he's got a speaker somewhere, apparently. <laughs> he can tell everyone how he feels about this. About, once again, being the bottom. Meanwhile, you know, 
are, are Jetstone and Slipstream, the best boys. They are. Uh, yes. They're having a little fight, and Drift, of course, is very unimpressed with them because he is yes. very unimpressed with pretty much everything, but especially his two sons. They are not obeying their teacher. He told them to practice in a certain way, and they are not doing exactly what he told them because he is a uh, little bit of a control freak. Yes. And meanwhile, a dece- they, they've got Decepticon trouble, but not from the usual sources. Because instead of a guy who's already on Earth, it is a guy coming to Earth in a ship. And he uh, cloaks his ship from human, uh, any kind of human monitoring, but they can still see it. Fix it's mm-hmm. like, eh, we can still see it. And Drift is all, ah, no, I absolutely do not recognize that ship whatsoever. <laughs> no. But- yeah. I know oh, he he knows and it's a bad person and he is not going to give any more details except that it's someone bad that his students don't need to be anywhere near. He's part of my mysterious past, which I do not care to elaborate on. Yes, which no one knew about until this episode. <laughs> and then when they find out about it, they're all pretty much just cool with it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean. B B says we all have times in our past we'd rather forget, and I kind of want some elaboration on that. Well, I mean, you know, uh, Sideswipe is basically a criminal. Grimlock is yeah. was with the Decepticons. Uh, Strongarm is a cop. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that doesn't. That's. I I imagine the Strongarm's time in her past that she'd rather forget was one time when she broke a rule. That's right. She she <laughs> she parked in a loading zone or something. Yes, she parked in a loading zone one time, and she will not ever speak of it. She's still convinced that she's, like, wanted. <laughs> Aww. Poor thing. Yeah, they're going to send me to the penal colonies once they figure this out. Oh, no. Anyway, so they, 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 they get to where the ship is going to land, and finally Drift tells them that the pilot is Shadow Raker, who is like, basically takes in, like, like you know, people... Like orphans. Cybertrons, or Cybertrons yeah. who are down on their luck, or orphans, or homeless, or whatever, and teaches them to steal. He's the, he's the Fagin of Decepticons. Yes. Uh, yes. Well, that, that's what the, the impression we're supposed to get, but it doesn't quite... I mean, like that. I mean, at least with his he's attitude. like Fagin, and Fagin was also like a samurai. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Maybe like, like a ninja. Like a bad samurai. Yeah. Yeah, he, he is more ninja-like when he's scuttering around. Like, you, you've got to pick a pocket or two, boys. Yes. Hmm. Drift is being so melodramatic about it. It's pretty great. But even more melodramatic than he usually is. Anyway, so, so they get in the ship, they split up, and uh, yeah, it turns out Shadow Raker, he is a web beetle, question mark? Yeah, it's very weird. <laughs> like, he's scuttering on the ceiling, so at first I thought he was a spider. But then it turns out he's a remold of, um, oh, what's his, uh, Saberhorn. So, Saberhorn was that a really beetle. Matt Berry guy. Yes, although this guy does not sound like Matt Berry. Uh, did you recognize his voice? Uh, not until it got to the credits. I... No. It was one of those where I'm like, I think this sounds familiar, so I looked it up about mid-episode. And I was like, that is totally not a voice he normally does, so that's super cool. Or or at least not one we're used to from the the big voices we've heard before. Hey, it turns out it's Cheetor! That's right, it is Ultra Gear. 
Everybody. Yes. Yes. Appropriate tie-in for Rise of the Beasts. That's Except right. He's not in Rise <laughs> he's of sadly the not Beasts. In it. He's sadly yeah. not in it. Uh, His Ian character Bro- is. Who I guess, I guess he moved to the state, so he's now in American Productions. Oh, okay. Oh, that explains it. I mean, much like uh, David Sobolov, who is in the movie, and uh, David yes. Kay. Yes. Yeah. Sadly, not in the movie, but oh well. He's yes. also got an Emmy, so. That's also, fine. I guess his character, as far as I know, is not in the movie from Beast Wars. No. no. What do you mean, as far no, as you know? Haven't you seen it? Symbols. You've seen it. I'm going to go see it tomorrow. Oh. What? I thought, I thought you had seen it already. I have not yet seen it. I saw Guardians of the Galaxy last weekend. Oh. oh. Oh, I guess. Oh, right. You were thinking about maybe Earth. I don't know. I thought you had seen it, though. So I'm, I'm, yeah, probably tomorrow or Sunday. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah, like, spoilers, there's no David Kay. Unlike when seeing The Eternals, there is no surprise David Kay. Ah, uh, yes. Mm. A lot of David Kay in that movie. Yeah, that was pretty good. But anyway, yeah, this this guy, he is an evil web beetle. I... I don't know why he like. Did they intend? Sure, that's to, a thing. I mean, I would maybe except they maybe tried to remold it as a spider, but then he's flying. Yeah, the, like through most of the episode until the end, it's like okay, yeah, he, he's supposed to be a spider or something because he's shooting web, but then he flies. It's like, ugh. or no, I guess that happens in the middle of the episode too. Where's it's I, very odd. I don't really know of any beetles that shoot webs. He no. does have a very cool ship, though. Yes, His the, the ship. ship's cool. It's, pretty sweet. It's cool, but it's also confusing because, like, at one scene they're, they're like, on the ground floor because we could see the trees outside where they just can walk in and out because it's the entrance, and then suddenly they fall down a hole that's, like, three or four stories tall, they but they're on the ground floor. They might have taken some stairs at some point. It didn't seem like there was much of a transition to climb up multiple floors from that. It, it's... Like, it bends space and time. It's so huge on the inside. Anyway, and, uh, and also the it's other a hu- Autobots... It's also, it's also a huge ship, and he doesn't apparently have a crew. It's just him. Yeah, which is odd. I was kind of expecting, like, at least one little orphan minibot in there somewhere. But no. Maybe he left them all somewhere to do some crimes while he came to harass Drift. <laughs> anyway, uh, um... Doing crimes. Sideswipe, strong arm, bumblebee fall down a hole. Grimlock comes along, almost falls in the hole, but sort of half falls also, in the hole. Also, Drift warns them that Shadow Raker fights without honor. Hmm. I'm like, how many Decepticons have you fought who fight with honor? Like, maybe a couple. I mean, yeah. I mean this guy's a samurai, though, so you might think he's one of those guys who's super honorable. I yeah. guess, but they... I I just feel like that's an unnecessary warning, but I'm I mean, sure Drift probably just wanted to have an opportunity to throw shade. And talk about honor. Yes. I mean, you, usually when I see a bad guy with a sword, I'm uh, there's a good chance that he's going to be, like, have, like, a really arcane code of honor or something. Maybe. Mm. That's fair. That's fair. But yes, Grimlock comes running and asks if they've punched him yet. <laughs> also yeah, ends so- up down in the hole. So everybody else is in a hole, uh, which means that uh, Drift gets to encounter Shadow Raker. His old Yes, who calls him Deadlock. (gasps) Yes, which threw me the hell off. It's like, okay, I definitely (laughs) haven't seen this episode because I didn't know Deadlock existed outside of the comics. Well, I guess this drew that from the comics. Well, yes. 
Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that, because Drift is a sufficiently different character here that I don't... Yeah, Mm. this Drift be... This Drift having the other Drift's backstory feels wrong. Although I vaguely remember that they mentioned that the movie Drift also was a Decepticon or something. Eh? Yeah. The the, the Ken Watanabe one. No. They only have characterization for those if they can steal it from some other media. <laughs> uh, anyway, so he uh, he he gets away, you know, after shoot after slinging webs on everybody, and also drift- okay. So there's one point early on where he's fighting drift, and you can't quite tell where the web comes from. But then yeah. later, yeah, he is straight up just spitting. He spits. Yes. <laughs> Th- this MF spit. <laughs> yes. Which is weird Webs. and distressing. He keeps doing the standard Spider-Man thing of webbing up their mouths. Yes. Yeah, yeah like, he he's, like he's uh, dropped into the bugle to see J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> oh, maybe he used to be red and blue, but now he's got uh, the venom on him. And why is my alarm going off? Oh, right, because I have to. Because it has to let you know about things. Well, yes, I'm I, I, it sounded like it, it's time to let him know to do the hustle. Yeah. Well, it, it used to be the Spider-Man theme song. Oh, okay. Aww. But we're not watching Spider-Man anymore. I need to figure out how to change the ringtone on my current phone so I can change it to the angel attack music because that's how I feel whenever anyone calls me. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh no. Yeah, if I did that, it'd probably be, I don't know, like the the, the, the Kill Bill uh, kill noise. Dun, yeah. dun, dun, dun. Anyway. No. So, uh, so yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, so you know how he's like, you know, uh, a sinister uh, master of uh, thieves. Well, one of those used to be me. <gasps> and also, I stole my minicons from his clutches before I left. And he, you know, and he has pretty, a problem with that. And yeah, he's pretty sure that you know this is you know going to bring great shame upon his honor. But everybody's like, yeah, okay, you know, okay, yeah, whatever. Sure you know, we figured you probably had some sort of you know tragic and mysterious backstory, and uh, that's about that. About lines up. Grimlock, actual criminal, sideswipe, petty criminal. Like I said, Strongarm probably parked in a loading zone one time and has never forgiven herself. I mean, Bumblebee probably. I mean, Bumblebee was in a war. He probably committed war crimes. Oh yeah. <laughs> Everyone was committing war crimes back then. That was just what you did. Listen, I, so, I may yeah. or may not have taken some faces. It was a rough time for us all. He's like, it's okay, Drift. We're not going to judge. So that's nice. These are good people. Yes. And, you know, uh, Drift is very convinced that he's just going to leave these minicons attached to his arms throughout this entire thing, and they are not going to go and fight Shadow Raker on their own because they are not ready. They're not ready to face him. Again, just mm. he is just absolutely super melodramatic in his own head this whole episode. It's great. So, you know, they, they split up. He does eventually release the minicons. Unfortunately, he then finds everybody, and they have indeed been all been webbed to trees. They are all webbed up. They got their mouths webbed over. They're just everybody's all sticky. Mm-hmm. 
So he's, uh, so he, you know, he has a, a, a big sword fight with Shatterraker. He tells the Minicons, you know, stay back, do not do anything. And of course, the, you know, they are not thrilled about this. Because, uh, you know, he's, They uh, are ready to be big, grown adult Minicons who make their own decisions. Yes, uh, try not exactly to think about how, like, are all Minicons children, but then Fix It is not. And also, Fix-It and those like him are basically laborers, so does that mean they have child labor? <laughs> well, Fix-It definitely seems like young adult, at least. Like he's out of his teens, maybe 20 in mm. robot years. But then, I mean, it's not like the minicons are going to grow into like, full-sized robots, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, no. I mean... Presumably, these minicons specifically just happen to be young and also happen to be minicons. Like, those two things are not connected. It's mostly just, like, these two that seem a lot younger, because, like, the the six of ultimate power that Starscream was trying to get last season, they were definitely adults. Yeah. And most of the regular ones, well, I guess some of the regular ones the Decepticons have could just be, like, team punks, but... None of them ever seem especially young. Not children like these do. Not like they're 12. Yeah, not like they're Ninja Turtle age. Yeah. Anyway, they, they decide that they are going to... They're going to let themselves get captured. <gasps> Clever. Clever kiddos. Yeah, the, the Autobots have ma- meanwhile managed to sort of free themselves by having Sideswipe sort of kick... Strongarm's weapon over to Bumblebee so he can then free himself by shooting the webs off her. After a bit of physical comedy. Which takes yes. a lot of pantomime, and it really would have been helpful if the Decepticon Hunter had fallen at the feet of someone who was a little smarter. Or if anybody had thought to use their internal radios. That too. Maybe they have to <laughs> press some buttons or something. <laughs> Eh, the webs could disrupt that, maybe. It's not mentioned in the text. So, you know, the uh, the he takes these minicons back, takes off in his ship, and then he kind of gets away. Like they're, 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 yeah. They're, they, they, apparently they still have Drift ship back at the junkyard, but they haven't yeah. exactly used it in a while. Well, so, I... I feel like one of the last times it was mentioned, it was under repairs or something. They may need to flush out some fluids. Yeah. I mean, I think the last time that would have been convenient for the plot. So, you know, back on the ship, uh, Slipstream is all, oh, yeah, you know, I, I've secretly been evil all along. I actually hate Drift. <gasps> he sucks. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of a jerk. But yes, he's like, we were just pretending he's... Because he'll punish us if we don't do what we what he tells us. And Jetstorm... So is Jetstorm not in on the plan, or has he just decided to play good cop? I think... I think they... they Well, they imply at the end of the episode that they figured it out before that, I okay. guess. That one of them was going to be like, oh yeah, we were... I was just pretending. It's and more just believable it- if one of us... Is like not cool with the plan. That's mm. clever of them. They're clever yeah. boys. They're clever children. Also adorable, and I want to hug them. Hmm. Like he, like he wouldn't buy it if they were both. Oh yeah, we were both secretly evil. Yes. Yeah. 
But no, they, uh, so he's like, you know, I'll prove that I'm evil. There's a total big box of, uh, of Shannix in this museum that you can go steal. And so they're, okay, I guess. We do like some Shannix. I do love stealing things. (laughs) They do. So yeah, soon, pretty soon they, they just head back to this museum and, as as the Autobots are nearing them, they just kind of knock this big box of Shannix on his foot. Yes. <laughs> also, when the Autobots arrive, uh, Grimlock gives off a nice Jurassic Park roar. Yes. <laughs> they all arrive on the scene, and Grimlock does his his best T Rex impression. So, so he he once again uh, remembers how to shot Web, and. Yes. Webs up this team. You know he has a he has a fight with Drift. Uh, Drift beats him, and then Shatterbreak's all. You know you could have been like my number two. You could have could have been like a great team of samurai thieves. Would have been great. We could pillaged. And, and Drift's all. Would it have been that great? Really? Yeah, I don't know. And then Not he tried. So much. And then he tries to escape in bug mode, and he just hucks the minicons at him and knocks him over on his back. Skitter, skitter, mm. skitter. He does. He's he's very good with skittering. Yes, it's a very skittery bug walk. Also, uh, I think probably Bumblebee tells him to be a good beetle and come quietly. Yes. Yeah. And there should be a guy who turns into a beetle and has like a thick Liverpudian accent. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Although I will note that that gag has already been done with um, the Marvel villain, the Beetle, when he shows up on that '90s Iron Man cartoon. Oh, oh, no. he just—he just sort of sounds like this. <laughs> oh no, it's and Iron Man. Feels wrong for the Beetle, of course, and mostly just because I know, I know the Beetle from the comics for no reason except there is a reason. Yes, there is a meta reason. It's an extremely okay. stupid reason. That is, that's stupid. I love it. It's stupid. Uh, So yeah, we're, we're back in the scrapyard. We're putting Shadow Rake in her stasis pod. Um, and yeah, Drift is all, well, you know, my young students, maybe you aren't completely useless. Maybe I should be nicer than you. Nicer to you and let you do things. (laughs) Let you practice on your own without being a helicopter parent. He just wants to do what's best for them. And then which leads to the question, what happened to Shadow Raker's ship? Yeah. Uh, they, that's a good question. I guess they have a spare ship now. Uh, I, yeah. For doing ship things. They impounded it. Because mm-hmm. he's a criminal. I mean, they better watch out. Denny is just going to take parts off that thing and start selling it. Yes. Oh, he's going to retrofit it with, like, shag carpeting like he did with that RV in that one episode. (laughs) Then he's the best. (laughs) He's going to find some way to paint, like, a a mural of, like, wizards and barbarian chicks on the side of it. Yes. (laughs) I feel that Denny is absolutely a guy who had one of those vans. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it would have been, like, 1997 or something. Hmm. He would have had it in the 90s. Yes. 
Oh, God, I don't want to think about how old Denny is. No, I don't either. Well, especially since we might may or may not be in the future here, depending on how much time has passed since Transformers mm-hmm. Prime. It's so possible- it could be, oh, like, yeah. now having a van like that. I mean, he might have it... Which- he, he claims he has it ironically, but he actually just really likes having it. Yes. <laughs> Which makes that CRT TV even better. <laughs> I I appreciate his dedication. That he's got that just to watch, like, straight up local news broadcast. <laughs> That's sweet. In his diner that he had moved there. He's so great. I need to go to a convention again so I can cosplay as him. <laughs> you need to go with a kid who can go as Russell. Yes. Mm. Take my nephew. I don't know if they watch this show. They watched the Netflix stuff. No. And liked it. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know any better yet. I was like, really? Really? The one that's got the line about how appearances can be more than meets the eye. <laughs> oh, I mean, no. Every bit of Transformers media they is literally be a can't <laughs> version of that. But. My my editor brain is just wanting to highlight that line. Right click, add comment, <laughs> and the comment is simply no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Simply, this is a logical fallacy. <laughs> Please rethink your life. Yes. (laughs) Maybe go be a barista. (laughs) So, yeah. Good episode. I think that Shadow Raker was suitably spooky. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had a really good spooky look to him. Uh, Like I said, it is Mm. a voice that at least I have not heard Ian James Corlett doing very often. I don't know, David. You know more about anime. Maybe you've encountered it. I, I, I um, unless he versus voiced like Turles in one of the Dragon Ball movies. Like I don't think he's done evil because well, because he was also Goku. Yes. So he's usually the, the heroic dude. He's usually the himbo. <laughs> well, yeah. This is not a himbo character. He's actually like... So like I said, it was like I could tell that there was... There was a point about halfway through where I was like, I should look up who this is because I feel like that would change my appreciation of watching yeah, this. I, I just waited till the end of the episode. It's like, oh, it was, it was Goku. Yay. It's like, oh, it's him. Our old pal Cheetor. Alright, so I believe that now brings us to David's Tokusatsu Corner. Yes, this week on 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Five, man! Friendships Sakurajima! Which apparently is Ooh. a place in my. Wait, was that the island? Anyway, there, there are various things that, that recur in, in Sentai and like themes and plot and events and like. One thing is like, oh, on New Year's, there's going to be a recap episode because it's New Year's. It's a holiday. Not as many people are going to be watching these episodes. And there's quite often, or at least there used to be like summer horror stories, but for a few episodes. And also, I don't know if they still do it. There's like, feels like there's like 
tourism episodes. Like, there's a few episodes in a row where they go someplace else to film that isn't just, like, within driving distance of Tokyo. Mm -hmm. And this is going to Kagoshima, which is, like, on the southernmost island, uh, Kyushu. It's, like, way down there. And and it's a vacation spot, and and this is... There's apparently, like, a giant volcano in the harbor, and the villains want to explode it by using a monster of the week that is a lion that is also kind of a clown, but not really. That comes out later. Anyway. That sounds terrifying. (laughs) Lion monster of the week. Clowns are always terrifying. Billions is taking it there. The the lion monster we can, like, summon meteors out of the sky as if he's from Final Fantasy and knows Meteo. (laughs) And the rangers find out, like, oh, some meteors crashed into this volcano mountain, and we're going to go there. And they're taking a commercial airline to get there. That's... What? Sure. You guys have a planes. But those well, the, would be this, conspicuous? This, I guess it's just like, I can't think of another instance of, like, what I have seen of Sentai, like, riding commercial planes <laughs> after they be, have become Sentai rangers. It's, they, they, have, they have miles to use up. Got a fly coach. I guess. Maybe their, their jet was in the shop. <laughs> yes. As they're in the plane, they see a boy flying outside the window. Well, young man. But my first thought is like, why why is Superboy here? What? (laughs) He's just outside the window flying. They're like, oh, that's an alien. He he probably has something to do with these meteors. We got more problems. (laughs) So as we're on the vacation episode, we we get to see various bridges and landmarks and and a giant Ferris wheel that are all around Kagoshima. Because it's it's tourism week, of course, and and then they arrive and billions is like, what? How the fuck did you guys get here? You crashed meteors into a volcano. We saw we saw that on the news. Crap! Lion attack them, and the lion why you gotta do that produces a seesaw out of nowhere. Steps on one end of the seesaw, summons a meteor out of the sky to hit the other end of the seesaw, which flings him towards the rangers. And I'm like, why didn't you just chuck the meteor at the rangers? Well, that's what he does next, after he has chased the rangers to a convenient scenic beach. Loki, I'm sorry, Loki has decided it's time. <laughs> it's time to choose violence. Okay. okay. Anyway, um, the, the super boy arrives, and his name is Jig, n- not Jig the robot that... The, it has magnetic powers and, and fights things. Just it just named Jeeg for no reason. And he's from the Galactic Circus. And he's Ooh. come to get this white tiger. I, I mean, okay. He's kind of dressed in white as if he's like Siegfried or Roy. And he's going after a white lion, not a white tiger. I, well, I'm wondering if that was an intentional reference. When, were Siegfried and Roy active in like the 80s? I think they were, yes. Okay. Because I, I this remember was watching like a, like a late 70s John Voight movie. Oh. Let's set okay. in Vegas where they turn up. So this is probably a vague reference to that. Anyway, the, the space boy G wants to get his lion friend back because they were both entertainers in this galactic circus with clown noses. And, and Lion's like, no, I, I'm bad now. And as we get in a flashback, it turns out... Yes, they were in the circus, and and they had a they put on a rainbow show, which I'm not going to explain. Ooh. It's just a rainbow show. So, okay, Happy Pride Month. So drag show. They had a drag show. Not quite. Aww. 
it, it does involve a rainbow. Anyway, okay. like the the bad guys have been destroying like 999 planets, and one of them happened to be where they had were holding the circus, which destroyed the circus, and then lions like. Well, fuck, we can't do the circus anymore. I might as well join the bad guys. And Jeeg's like, no. <laughs> no. That's a dumb idea, but it's like, eh. It did so, so here we are now. And But after a little bit of fighting, like, Jeeg puts a clown nose on his old lion friend. And then the lion friend's like, yeah, you're right. I should help rebuild the circus instead of destroying planets. What am I doing? But then Billings is all like, oh, fuck, no. Hey, giant Stay puff robot, suck up this lion to turn yourself into a giant lion that can summon giant meteors. We're causing a volcano day. Oof. Because the, the bad, the entire bad plot is like, have the volcano erupt, ash in the atmosphere, freeze the planet, kill the people. It's like, yay, a threatening practical plan. Oh, goody. So they're doing the meteor swarm with the giant thing. And then... The, the, the rangers have to get in their robots like, oh, we're going to have to kill this lion man. Sorry about that. But then Arthur, the robot nanny, shows up in their second robot. And that robot is dressed like a clown. No. Okay. It, has a, it has a hat and a full body clown costume this on. This is not okay. Where? When did you have time to sew an outfit for the giant robot? Are clowns really a thing in Japan? Not to the extent, but like the clowns, there are clown bad guys that show up every once in a while. There, there's a Gavan episode where like clowns just assault him, <laughs> and it's, it's one of the best episodes. I think it's like episode fourteen or fifteen. It's like good. It's like, clowns are a thing. They have circuses in Japan. They, oh, oh, here's the thing. I forget what what game it was. It was like uh, Phoenix Wright or something, where like. One of the producers on it found out that, like, oh, Americans are sometimes afraid of clowns because they had a clown in one of their games. Mm-hmm. And, and their comment was like, oh, I have just learned something very valuable about America. <laughs> it's like, we're, we have a fear of clowns. Fascinating. Yeah, apparently that isn't a thing in Japan. We'll have to uh, note that somewhere for possible future. <laughs> yes. Psych- <It's> like, <laughs> Psychops. Oh. I, I have discovered a weakness. <laughs> Good. Discovered a weakness. Anyway, as they're doing this, and, and then Arthur gets Jig to get in the robot and, and have him control the robot and do clown flips and nonsense. And then it's like, oh, for the first time ever, the, the giant robot that has absorbed the soul of a monster, like the monster inside starts to rebel. And it's like, no, I can't do this anymore. I must be good. And is forcibly ejected. His spirit comes out and the robot reverts to a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man again. <laughs> which might have been convenient in some previous episodes. Especially one episode where it was like an alien uh, bug monster was unwillingly absorbed and was really unhappy about it. Admittedly, <laughs> they were way worse than the bad guys. But like, oh, you can get kicked out of the giant robot and be saved. I wonder if that'll come back again. Probably not, but it is a really cool concept. Anyway, mm-hmm. so the lion gets out, and oh, it turns out that that um, the Empress Meadow, the leader of the bad guys, was also summoning meteors to fuck up this volcano, and and Jig to stop that creates a giant rainbow force field to stop the meteors from hitting it, 
That's his rainbow show. <laughs> sure. And and the day is saved. Well, because the Rangers also beat the shit out of the the giant Stay Puff robot, and they all is happy. And 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 Jeeg and the lion can go back and start a circus and make children in the universe happy again. The end. That was a fun, weird little episode. The end. <laughs> yeah. Clowns. Yeah, I I do feel like learning something like that could be valuable, like national security intelligence <laughs> for future use. <laughs> Americans are scared of clowns. Maybe it wasn't Phoenix Wright. It, it was the maker of some video game, I swear. Or maybe like, it was Kojima or something. Yeah, I, I could see that. But yeah, that was good. Nice. Clowns. Alright, so that does it for us for this week. We'll be back next week with more Robots in Disguise. Until again, then you can find us all over the internet. We're on Twitter, we have a Facebook, and we have a Patreon. Yes, we are on we are hosted on iaconunderground.net where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other experience, experiences, other expenses. Um, you know, we've we did the Patreon and we did this and now I'm, I'm, my words are not they, they're all floating off into space uh, and other expenses uh, that is at patreon.com slash icon underground uh, for this month we have what we just recorded uh, David what was the name of that series it was Ultraman uh, um, Ultraman the ultimate hero was the which English I- title but in Japan it was marketed I think as Ultraman powered I feel like anyone who has heard of this is going to hear the the ultimate hero and be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it doesn't involve the ultimate warrior or well, anything. Well, no, I mean, I assume that it's somewhat notorious oh, yeah. among Ultraman. Yeah, because for the longest time, like, nobody could see the damn thing. It was an Ultraman filmed in America, never aired in America. Yes. So there is one episode that has Jeffrey Combs, and we here at Stasis Pod will watch literally anything with Jeffrey Combs in it. It's true. Uh, So, I mean, this is a a good proof of that fact that we watched this because it had Jeffrey Combs in it. Yes, do not be surprised if we start doing every episode of Star Trek with Jeffrey Combs in it. (laughs) Which is a lot of Voyager, I think. No, only one episode of Voyager. It's a lot of Deep Space Nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's mostly Deep Space Nine because he's five characters on that. Yes, I know there's... And and a a decent chunk of Star Trek Enterprise. Oh, yeah. That's not um, bad. And also a couple episodes of Lower Decks. I mean, that's probably bad. I've I've been... Uh, Enterprise was not great. However, the episodes that he was in were always good because they had him in it. I've I've had it... And he's just a guy who has had it up to here with you, Scott (laughs) Bagg. I've, uh, I've currently got uh, Paramount Plus because, I mean, it doesn't do me any good right now during the writer's strike, uh, but but I get home in the evenings just in time to watch some Stephen Colbert, uh, and I, I refer to him as my emotional support late night talk show host. So it's been a rough last several weeks, but oh, yeah. uh, since mm. I have Paramount Plus anyway, uh, I've asked for recommendations for Star Trek shows uh, and... Some people have Lower suggested Decks. that Lower Decks would be a good 
onboarding if you've been away for a while. So yeah, one of these days when I'll try lower or Paramount Plus for something, I, I'm marathoning Lower Decks. So I will be happy it, to it's see a lot of fun. some Jeffrey Combs. So what was maybe not quite as much fun was this Ultraman episode, but it was definitely fun to make fun of. Yes, it yes. was. Definitely some people in big rubber suits gently nudging each other. <laughs> and an extremely distressing human eye or human sized kaiju that I am going to see when I close my eyes to go to bed tonight. Uh, so yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, that is at patreon.com slash icon underground. Uh, you can join for as little as a dollar a month because our expenses are not high and I like making things accessible. Uh, but those episodes are always super fun, whether we're doing a big popular movie or whether we are doing some fun random thing that happens to have Jeffrey Combs in it. Yes. All right, so until next time, when, surprise, we do get the mind-swapping episode. <gasps> Woo! <laughs> I'm Rob. I'm pretty sure I'm Jen, but I guess that depends on whether the mind-swapping has happened yet. Are we going to have to pretend to be each other next episode? Oh, it's not April Fool, so I guess not. <laughs> uh, I'm David. Ooh, that would be a heck of a bit. Yeah.